video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your host to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 228 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my haunted homeboy, Mr. Grizz of the North. Well, like the North. No, yeah, the North, I guess. It's North and, to you. Uh, we, <laughs> I'm thinking of like of like Western New York. And I, and I realized, like, I can't say he's, like, the man of the Northwest, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, Portland, Washington, or something like well, that. anybody that doesn't like, live no. in fucking New York, whenever they hear that I live in New York, they immediately assume the city. So, yeah, like, that's just yeah. the way it is, dude. Like, you can't say you're from New York. You have to specify, like, I'm from the other fucking side of the entire state of New York. So... Well, they, well like, everybody considers anything north of, like, the Bronx... And like that area, that's upstate New York. So like you have a little sliver, a tiny little, if, if it was 12 inches, one inch is considered downstate and like the rest of the 11 is upstate. We're not Insane. upstate, dude. We like... No, you're not. You're Western. We are Western New York. That's exactly what we're... Yeah. Like from Rochester, See, maybe stop. even like Syracuse over is like fucking... People who don't even live in like anywhere near this, like our guest host today, are probably like, I have no fucking clue where any of that is, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I was born in Rome. So, I was born in Rome, New York. <laughs> oh, no shit. Yeah. See, my whole family's are, from there. Yeah. You are an upstater. <laughs> See? Yeah. And that is the familiar voice of Mr. E.K. Wimmer from the Laser Graves podcast. Yeah. What is going on, dude? Where the fuck have you been? People have been like, yo, what happened to E.K.? Did you guys have like a falling out or something? <laughs> Like I don't know, he just doesn't want to come on anymore. Yeah, we yeah. pushed too hard on the uh, on the hosting thing. I think. I, I think what it was was like, well, you guys aren't covering any Polonia films, so I don't get invited on. Well, well we had to give Grizz a break. We had to give him a, a minute before we jump into bad magic. We're gonna let him recuperate. I had a from bad experience. Shit. So yeah, it's not all it's not all the fucking you know miracles and rainbows in Polonia land. And the, I have, the last I have to come back to reality, man. It's gonna be a while the, before the I can last watch another. Time, You're shell shocked. The last yeah. time we watched bad magic is when Grizz was down, and we're watching it. It's maybe like two in the afternoon but we're in my basement so it might as well be fucking midnight it's like two in the afternoon nothing to do but watch this fucking movie and we're both just sitting there like <sighs> <laughs> well to be fair i was ripped was on edibles too. dude well, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i could barely hold my head up was chase was chase there he did that? chase i did I'm surprised Chase sat through that fucking movie with us. But, okay, but, like, we made it a fair trade because, like, you made us watch that horrible fucking movie, Bad Magic, and then we made you sit through Run, Bitch, Run, and you were like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? (laughs) Do you want to, do you remember what the plot of Run, Bitch, Run was? Absolutely. Dude, it's amazing. Do you really? I I want to cover that fucking movie so bad. I can't remember what it was. It, I remember it was like a last house on the left type deal. Fucking like Catholic school girl, fucking Bible selling girls or whatever. 
going door to door, get fucking see some murders happen at a drug house. They get fucking taken hostage by the fucking banditos. Well, they're not really, you know, they're not banditos. They're just like southern, western, southwestern. They're like fucking EK's area, you know, like Arizona in the desert, you know? (laughs) Banditos, that's what EK is. So fucking... (laughs) (laughs) I got my drug rug on. That's right. Dude, one of them wore a drug rug. So like, they basically, you know, proceed to violate these poor Catholic girls. And in true revenge film fashion, one of them survives and comes back and just whoops serious ass like and she's hot and she's got her boobs out dude and she's redheaded oh (laughs) man it's one of the best fucking movies ever run bitch run i'm telling you so we we both sat through this whole movie i can't believe he remembers that much about this fucking film i really i am shocked right now it's one of my like now that you say it it's coming back to me now that you're like saying it. I could picture it again, but I cannot believe that you were able to just pick that out of thin air. One of like, the best soundtracks. Dude, it was all like, but it was like cool, like fucking like beats on top of Dude, it was, it had such a vibe. It was like, it, it was exactly what you said, dude. It was like that classic, like rape revenge film, but like set in like this grimy desert drug den it was fucking awesome sounds like a rob zombie movie that's probably why i like it so much (laughs) there you go there you go there you go you guys ever like sit through like i i am 100 guilty of this you ever look for the really shitty like shot on digital hood like crime or like um action movies so like you know how we're watching all these Polonia Brothers movies like and they're all horror movies and sci-fi. These are all like hood dramas and like hood action movies. You guys ever watch some of that shit? Like just the stuff that you've never heard of and you could tell is super fucking low budget. Yes, unfortunately. I do. You're probably a fan, EK. You're <laughs> Well, I don't. Every time I find uh, a York tape, I'll grab it because yeah, it's so that's it. it's 50-50 and York is known for doing like these weird like Vato killer, you know, like uh, street revenge ones from out in LA or whatever. And so the covers always look really appealing and I'll grab it and I'll watch it because there's a possibility it could be a real winner. I have yet to find a real winner, but I will always give it a shot they're if it has there. a York logo on it. And those no, are always winners. that. Yeah, there are some good ones in there. And I've had just enough winners on York to keep like dipping into that well. And a lot of them are those like street revenge gang movies. And they're all like the shot only, on video. They're hilarious. The only York off the top of my head that I know that I, I like definitely enjoy, I think is the suckling. suckling. Yeah, I think that's. Right, that's a York tape, I think. See, but isn't it? there's like a lot. Yeah, that is a York tape. But there's a lot of like, like you said, Yorks and like uh, PM Entertainment and stuff like that. Like they have so many. Like you said, like those Vato fucking like yeah. bass, dude. It's awesome. What's the? There's a movie that we watched, dude, where the ending is just like a 180, and they're like the dude becomes like a Vato at the end with like these gangsters and shit. What the fuck movie is this? Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. The whole movie is not like that at all. It's all like... The, he's like what a con- movie was that? Dude, we, we covered it, bro. And like, he's a convict who like escapes. And like, at the end of it... Oh, man, I got I don't know. Mm. 
I believe it's a Dead Alive movie, if I'm not mistaken. So I gotta, I gotta dig into the vault. By next week, I will remember this ridiculous tale. I'm right. telling you guys, All right. it's not Run, well, Bitch, like, Run. Can... I know that much. Uh, well, like, doesn't um. Like Vista Street have a ton of like stupid shit like that too. Dude, was yeah. it a fucking right? Vista? Like all. Uh, what's the uh, EK? Your your one. Uh, oh well, uh, Crystal Force is a Vista. Uh, Time no, Barbarians no, no, um, is a Vista Street. Oh, the My York uh, Legend of the Rollerblade. No, 7. no, not the York. <laughs> there's there's another there's another distribu- uh, distributor that has a ton of those fucking movies. AIP. Uh, yeah, AIP no, does no, have but that, some action but that movies ties in, though. City but that lights? ties into this week's movie. City Lights, yeah, like yeah. L.A. Crackdown. Yeah, City Lights right? has like a bunch. Shit, like, yeah, I just, I just wish I like had the foresight to pick this shit up. The foreskin, like years ago, where I, where I used to just, <laughs> where I used to just like pass over it. Like, fuck it, I'm not taking this shit. I have enough stuff. Now it's like I watched a couple, and I'm like, oh man, I kind of like these like this is this is kind of my jam just like the mexican horror stuff like you get a taste and you're like oh there's probably more like this out there dude of course there is there is a fucking movie on vista street called crack i'm remembering it now (laughs) i had it at one point in time and it is probably one of the wildest fucking like dude it's like it's like a fucking like boys in the hood if like a suburban white mom made that movie with her mm. understanding of what Boys in the Hood really? should actually be about, yeah, dude, it's oh fucking God. hilarious. Definitely, I you can find like crack from Vista Street. Watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what are the? There's like a couple horror ones too, like uh, the Hip Hop Witch, right? <laughs> yeah. That's one. I've yeah. never um, seen that. I can't even fucking imagine. Shit. There's a there's a fucking another one. I can like think of the. Uh, I could think of the cover, but I well, don't there's, know. There's Another. a bunch. Uh, Full Moon had that sub-label called Big City that was all for, like, urban horror. So they had a, a ton that they put out, like four or five of them that were really funny. So there's there's a Do bunch out those? there. Do you have... Uh, is that part of the Full Moon collection? Yeah, I've got all those. Oh, my God. Why don't you tell everybody complete, on our right? podcast... Yeah, uh, he's almost. Oh. Wait, I think you're you're missing a couple of the sub sub labels, right? Yeah, the kids ones. There's like this um, Moonbeam Entertainment. They're like the kids versions, and I. But I've got the the actual like legit catalog of Full Moon and all the subs. I've got all of that, all the stuff that Tempe helped put out, all of that, like everything. So only Full Moon and City Lights are the only two labels I'm actually like actively trying to complete. Everything else I gave up on because you get burned once or twice on some of those labels and you're like, like Dead Alive, you know, or Brain Damage. Like you start on them and it's all well and then you hit a couple duds in a row and you're like, what am I doing? And you realize you just need to like cherry pick the good ones. Well, the problem too, like the problem that I find with collecting things like Dead Alive and, you know, there's subsidies and shit like that is that it's so hard to find an actual master list of mm-hmm. everything that was put out i feel like that had to be a little bit easier with full moon being a, a, a major distributor was it like did you think it was do you really feel like you have the complete yeah 
It was the opposite, actually. They don't. They didn't have a master list. So I wrote Full Moon, and I was like, "You guys don't have a master list of what was put out on VHS." And then I wrote uh, Book Walter and asked him, and I was like, "You don't even have a master list of what you did for Full Moon." And <laughs> everybody was like, "Yeah, we don't. Sorry." So basically, what I did was just would look at sold listings. I would look at databases online, and like what you did, I think you did this with Dead Alive Grids. Is like just compiled my own master list, but it took a lot of work and research and I'm still finding every now and then one slips through the cracks where I'm like, fuck, I didn't even know that was a sub label of full moon. Now I got to collect that bullshit now too. But I think I'm pretty close (laughs) to the end. I think, because I'm done with it, man. I'm o- I've been over it for a long time. So if you guys think you're nerds out there, look the fuck out. <laughs> it's just the look out. There's a whole podcast I'm going to start on that shit. If you have any moonbeam tapes, moonbeam, yeah, like moonbeam with yeah. an M, yeah, s- s- let, contact Keg Stand over here. Let them know that you have them. They're not worth a fucking thing. Nope. It's just a matter of finding them. Uh, so don't be an asshole. Yeah, they and did let's, all let's those. You know, celebrity video good. that did like slime ball and all those. Like they, so then they yeah. were all released under a label called Cult Video, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're buying all that shit. But instead of on the celebrity label that's actually worth money, you're getting the reissue on Cult that isn't worth shit. But you have to have it if you're completing <laughs> the Full Moon catalog. So, yeah, life lesson there. Don't do that. <laughs> in too deep. In too deep. Now you gotta finish. You gotta I don't finish think it. anybody I got else, you, man. I just gotta get done with it. I, I, I don't. I don't think anybody else has that many full moon tapes. It's because everybody else got a brain. That's why. Well, you know, it's funny because like there was. I've made two separate attempts in my VHS collecting lifetime of trying to obtain full collections of things. It is uh, like like you just said. Don't fucking do it. It is the stupidest fucking adventure you will ever take. At one point, I had dude so many prism tapes. There's pictures of me with just like mountains and mountains of prism tapes. I sent you tapes. all mine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I had all the fucking heaters, bro. I had them bitches. But like, it was just like, man, it's a never fucking ending thing where you're just like, man, this it becomes exhausting almost to be like, I don't even want this fucking movie, but it's a prism tape, so I gotta buy it. God, uh, like yep. that's uh. the problem that I have found doing that is that i end up owning a lot of shit movies i don't give a fuck about yeah that's why i gave up on aip my advice to any collectors out there is if you're gonna try and complete a label make it a small run label that's why i'm doing city lights because they only did like 14 15 films or burning moon or something like that that's got like you know there was only a very small amount made that's more obtainable than doing something that you think has 20 releases and you find out there's 75 and it's like you know just if you're gonna try and complete a label complete one that's like actually doable otherwise you'll go crazy and you'll hate all your tapes by the time you get to the end there's always another one there There is always always something there's something you don't know about there's a promo tape there's a fucking there's something out there it always happens yeah no matter what i'm not gonna say exactly what the item is but it happened to our buddy last night here ek in the chat that we got going (laughs) a very rare item that i know it's 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 crazy you don't even to have shit like that that like you know it, it fits your collection that you don't even know about it's it's dude i so okay for instance i'll tell the story that like i have an item that i know where it's at i know the guy that has it i've talked to him it is a fucking massive out like outdoor theater banner for the theatrical release of brain dead in england 
It's Damn. fucking beautiful. I want this thing. I offered this guy fifteen hundred dollars for it. Like, dude, I'll wow. give you cash like right now for this thing. And like, he wouldn't budge on it. It's for like some museum and shit like that. And I understand like how gut wrenching it is to see something that is like. I'm never going to be able to find that again. Like this yep. is it, you know? And like to not be able to obtain it, it fucking sucks, dude. I want that. Dude, I think about that fucking banner all the goddamn time. <laughs> I need to erase that message from my fucking inbox so I don't see that guy's face anymore. That's why I don't I don't shoot for the stars anymore, man. I keep all my shit grounded. Fuck that. I I learned my lesson. There's a, you know, just like you were saying with the distributors like it's like okay i'm gonna do like film threat i'm like okay i think i'm like 95 percent done yeah it's like wait what the fuck are these and there's yep. another fucking 15 <laughs> yeah. and it's like you know what i'm i'm fucking done like i can't do it anymore there's like a handful of distributors that i'm still doing um mostly wrestling shit and like not like wwf wcw stuff but other oddball things and i'm always finding like another one Dude, or, or finding a picture of another one and it's like oh there we go i can't even find one like in somebody's possession i just have a photo seeing your wrestling collection in person was pretty fucking impressive dude i'm not gonna <laughs> lie you have so and like like you just said dude it's not like oh here's the, like the fucking the best of the rock you know it ain't fucking shit like that dude <laughs> no, like you got some no. crazy cuts and like some classic shit too, dude. Like I was very, and you don't you don't post that shit a lot, so people don't fucking know, yeah. dude. Like, yeah, you I don't fucking, post it ever. You rolled uh, deep, bro. I was impressed. Well, my whole thing with the wrestling tapes is, I'll always buy WWF stuff if I find it. I'll always buy WCW stuff if I find it. But I'm really after the shit that is not on the network, that isn't on YouTube. It doesn't have a streaming service. Uh, yeah. Or it's just shitty overall. Like, I'm trying to get that stuff that didn't have distribution um, or doesn't have distribution now because I feel like some of that shit may slip through the cracks and you never see it ever again. Because that's a big thing in wrestling. Like, oh, like, yeah, this match happened, but there's there's no tape of it. Like, you know, the there's a lot of that got taped shit. over because they would re they had yeah. one taping of it and they fucking taped over the shit from last week on that tape from that yeah, show send, and stuff. Send so. my U-Matic or my, my fucking beta back. You know what I mean? Or we're going to give crazy. you a new set. But I'm I'm really a fan of like buying oddball shit like that. I have like a tape that was like Roddy Piper's like fucking. Um, it was like a tape that the WWF used to send people when like they were on extended breaks to catch them back up. It's like one that was sent to him in like the mid 90s. That's dope. So like it was. Yeah, it was. It's like cool shit like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's the only stuff I really try to complete now because there's always another Tempe release. There's always another fucking camp thing that you don't have or you're not going to spend a thousand bucks on. Yeah, not anymore. There's always, you know, you just, I just stick to buying my fucking zombie tapes, which I actually just got a new one today. I got the third and final Japanese VHS tape that I needed Damn. so I could fucking cross that off the list. I don't know how many that, that gives me, though. I think I'm in double digits, but... Whoever the fuck is in America here that's probably in the tape community... Who bought the fucking Serbian release of Dead Alive while I was sleeping <laughs> and then reposted it on eBay for a thousand dollars or best offer when you bought it for like thirty-four dollars. 
I hope you fucking choke on a French fry, you fucking idiot, dude. I hate people so much. I wanted, dude, it was 34 bucks and I was snoozing like an asshole and I fucking missed it, dude. I'm, I, I see Next that time. listing all the time. I'm like, this piece of shit. There's, there's always another one. Like we just said, there's yeah, there always is. Yeah, another yeah. one. Hey, I got a, a, something to tell you guys oh? too. Speaking of, of random weird shit that we collect. So as you guys know, like my main weird collection that I seek out, like the weirdest, deepest stuff I can find is on post-apocalyptic tapes. So like the more obscure shot on video, whatever I can find, I try and find if it's within the post-apocalyptic genre. And last week you guys were discussing the dude who directed Don't Panic and uh, Grave Robbers and all that. And Grizz, you were like, yo, check this out. He did a post-apocalyptic film. We gotta watch it. So I gotta tell you, man, I was laughing when you were saying that because that is on my list. But uh, the warning is that it's boring as fuck. So like, really, uh, you yeah, dodged a bullet. Yeah. Well, so there is a DVD release, but I haven't been able to find it yet. It's called something crazy, like Rat Something. But um, I haven't found the DVD. But if I get it, I'll you know send you guys a copy. But from what I heard, is like. The mutant rat is cool, but everything else is like slow as hell. So I just uh, was going to give you a little uh, like fair warning that it, it's another it, don't panic. It, it may be ah. it may be mixed mixed reviews. Do you there. like don't panic? Shit. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay, don't don't worry about it then. <laughs> no, 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 no. Watch it, watch it. I, I'm curious to know what you think about it. I feel like I feel like we have very similar tastes. I feel like me and Ek yeah. generally like the same shit when it comes to horror movies. Yeah, and I, I got, feel like we're in the same. I, I got grave robbers coming in though, based on you guys. So I did the oh. old Black Friday sale, and that yeah. I watched the trailer, man, too. and I was like, hell yeah, you're gonna look good. Dude, it looks great. Oh, I finally got a PS5, so I am 4K ready now. That's it. I put I yeah. pop my zombie 4K fucking Blu-ray in. I'm like ah, I did it. Then go back to watching my shitty wizard video releases that uh, <laughs> you can barely see what the fuck is going on. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there if anybody wants to donate uh, to my PayPal <laughs> so I can buy money. some more games uh, and some Blu-rays. I would really appreciate that. But. Uh, why, don't, why don't we tell everybody what we are covering this week, and that's going to be 1983's Sledgehammer, um, arguably the first shot on video movie that uh, you could go get at a at a store, right? Um, not not blood cult like everybody says, but I think the caveat to that is that it was directly made for the VHS release, right? I think mm -hmm. that's the caveat with yeah. blood cult. Yeah. But Sledgehammer, super early, and you can fucking tell, right? A, a David A. Pryor film. Yep. Um, speaking of AIP, this was not an... what? Who released the original VHS tape of this? Uh, I don't think it's... Fuck, what's the name? World or something like yeah, that? Yeah, World Vision, I think. Yeah, I, I don't have that one. I have the Mondo Intervision one. It's the only um, Pryor I'm missing. I, you know, As you know, I'm a big fan. I have his entire... His entire catalog on tape, except for <laughs> Sledgehammer, which I knew when I started collecting that that would be the one that would evade me. But it's also yeah. the only one that wasn't AIP because they hadn't formed that yet. So because this was his first film. Yeah, uh, this one also stars his brother, who you may know from various other movies, <laughs> Ted Pryor. Yeah. Um, probably most known from uh, Deadly Prey and Killer Workout, right? Yep. I would say those are probably 
the two most popular ones out of all these besides Sledgehammer. What a uh, hunk. By the way, if you have an original... What? What a hunk. Oh, yeah. hunk. Yeah, he's like... He's a fucking Ken doll, this guy. He's like... <laughs> That's a great shit. comparison. Um, if you have a, an original copy of Sledgehammer, please send it to me for free. And I will send my version to EK so we can finish that also. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this movie, I'm surprised we didn't cover it earlier. I don't know why we didn't, especially since we did Boarding House, and I feel like that's in the same vein as this. Um, it looks very similar to me, yeah. at least, like the actual video quality Dreamy. Uh, yeah, to Boarding weird, right? House. It's got like a weird haze to it. Yeah. And I, I really, I don't know if that's just because of the camcorders of the time, like the prosumer camcorder that you would be able to use to make this, because I, I don't know, it's it, it has like a doesn't even have like a porn like film quality it's like worse than than like early 80s porn it took everything but, in me not to just scream purple haze in my best Jimi <laughs> hendrix voice right now you guys are lucky <laughs> i was feeling it well this one wasn't shot with beta cams you know guys this was shot with um with a broadcaster camera so that's why it's got that weird news look to it uh like that was oh, the deal no is, is how he got the was so, able to do it was so it's shot on video but instead of shooting like you know blood cold or something that was shot on a beta cam this was shot with like a broadcast video camera <laughs> into yeah. a straight to tape yeah so it's got that weird look oh. to it i really wish they had like the like the fucking like rolly stands you see in like the newsrooms where it's like the full <laughs> oh, the camera and, like a little roller and he's like yeah. just wheeling around the fucking apartment the whole yeah. time <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that that Mr. E.K. is kind of like an expert in, in like David Pryor yeah. all kind of shit, movies, right? Really, this motherfucker <laughs> just dialed in. Yeah, well, you were asking. Yeah, yeah, you I, think- I was thinking if if your listeners are interested, you guys probably covered this on um, the Boarding House episode. I don't remember, but Mike, you were just kind of trying to clarify where where this fits in with the early SOV releases, and the distinction is between the three. If you were to have Boarding House. Um, this one, you know, Sledgehammer and then Blood Cult is Boarding House was the first feature shot on video, but then it got a theatrical release. Whereas this one was the very first film shot on video to get a video release, you know, straight straight to video. video. And then Blood Cult was the first shot on video with the intent of it being straight to video. Like, this one was shot on video, but I don't think he was like, cool, I hope it only goes to, to video stores. I'm sure he hoped that it would go to theater, but it didn't. So that's kind of where those yeah. three line up as far as like historical milestones in the SOV world. Do, it's pretty cool. Do you know if he actually spent 40 grand making this movie? I don't if think he did like a, because this whole thing was shot in his, he and Ted shared apartment. an apartment. Yeah. yeah. And like the, the cover art, I didn't know this. This is crazy. Ted drew the cover of sledgehammer so like that oh, was no shit that was done by ted so like they only and most of them were their friends so i can there's no fucking way that they spent that much money unless it was for advertising because that's how they did get their investors as they took out ads so you know maybe some money there but i, I can't imagine that no way <laughs> yeah even the gore the the effects aren't you know anything to write home about it couldn't have cost i and i saw that number i was like man that, that has yeah. to be fucking inflated yeah no way so let's uh, let's hit the trailer because we're already we're already deep into this, <laughs> and uh, we'll actually get into the movie. Now we're gonna have some real fun. 
Hey, an orgy! Alright, that's what I'm waiting for! You fool, what you have? Hey, let's get started. Put your shoes oh, quiet, oh, quiet. I'm talking about a seance. Sledgehammer. This movie, um, actually, you know what, Grizz or EK, who wants to just give a general synopsis of the movie? No, you want me? You know what? I'll do it. Fuck it. Um, shaking their head. Of, Good luck, a group buddy. of friends. Oh, yeah, it's easy. A group of friends go to a house to party one weekend when they're attacked by the avenging ghost of an abused child. There you go. Yeah, in theory. So why are you asking us? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I was giving because because you guys are like my guests. I'm like the host. You're my co-host, and then he's our guest. So it's like, what am I gonna fucking walk into your house and just open the fridge and just take something out? No, I you feel, know, I'm gonna I, wait. I feel for, like at this point, that's the relationship that we have. Like you know, like <laughs> if, if if we lived closer, like I would expect you just to walk in any time. Like that's just how. <laughs> This is, this is what it slippery, is, dude. That's a slippery slope, man. That is a slippery slope. Ask the hog about that one. Oh, that is a slippery slope. Uh, yeah, so this movie is technically, I guess, like a haunted house slasher, right? We have a... Um, man, I'm not going to say... I guess like a Jason Voorhees type Michael Myers meets the guy from nightmare <laughs> and with a weird child ghost he's thing a, too he's, I don't, he's a generic slasher killer really even like the plastic mask he's a very generic 80s slasher killer right but he's tall he seems fuck. like a pretty big dude he is tall as fuck yeah, but that's kind of like that, <laughs> that's that cool fits the, that fits yeah. the narrative though of like a big ass slasher like Jason's yeah. tall you know like I, I got that, like, I mean, I'm not trying to say, hey, they're ripping everybody off, but it's like they were going for what's been done here. You know, it's it's a tie. It's, well, it's a tale as old as time. These fucking kids, they're coming to party. There's a big guy with a sledgehammer. It, it writes itself, many, right? I mean, not many sledgehammer <laughs> kills in this movie either. Right. Uh, There's only a handful compared. Disappointing. Yeah. I mean, we'll get we'll get into that. But uh, our cast of characters in this one. I actually kind of remembered their names, unlike some of the other movies we've covered where there's just like a huge crew of people and they say the name once maybe in passing. But I actually like the group of friends in this, in this, I don't know, this cast of, uh, I guess, cannon fodder. No, you guys, no, no, nobody. Well, names? I thought you were going to introduce these motherfuckers, dude. No, no, we got no, 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 Chuck. No, I was just going to say, like, well, oh, you want me to do them individually? Oh, okay. Well, I'm saying, right. like, I'm in mean, the main yeah, yeah. people, at least, here. We got to talk about okay, Chuck. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. All right. Ted Pryor. Right. Uh, David A. Pryor's brother. 
absolutely fucking ripped Greek god playing oh, he's a Chuck. Professional bodybuilder, man. That's why he was really. In a, yeah, it's he won like a shit ton of awards back, you know, on the East Coast. So he and his brother came out west, and his brother was gonna make movies, and he was gonna become like a championship bodybuilder. So that's why he was like, "Damn, my brother is ripped. You're gonna be the star of my film." <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, this movie is just like a way to like show off Showcase. his brother's physique right like well, this is just like so. uh like i mean he jumps yeah, out with no shirt on right away yeah <laughs> i mean it, i mean it's he spends 80 percent of this movie without a fucking t-shirt on. Yeah, i don't blame him <laughs> hey here's here's the real pressing question that i have about uh mr chuck or mr ted Pryor. at least is he really playing that guitar because it looked like he was yes yeah and this is why i'm saying this is this is like a fucking showcase for brother fucking Ted. Oh, like, yeah. he's like brother we're gonna put all your skills on fucking on, on display in this motherfucker you're going to the top yeah oh jesus christ is this is this why he was in killer workout was because of this well because of his brother i mean he was in kill zone the uh, next film too he was like in almost all of his films jesus christ this is like nepotism but for somebody that actually deserves it yeah. Because Ted Pryor is like the quintessential 80s protagonist, right? Like macho man. Yeah. He's always, he never plays like a, like a, I don't know, he's, he's, he's always like a very tough yeah, kind of take charge person in every movie. Even in this, he's, you know, the person that has to kind of take control of the situation it's kind of, I don't know. He, I'm surprised he didn't get more mainstream work because he's really not that bad of an actor. No. Right? Like, is he compared to some of these other fucking dudes that are out there? I like John um, Chris in this is movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is John the, the guy that looks, ass, the, that big looks the face? Is that John? Yeah. I like yeah, that the big guy. dude. The fucking Bluto looking guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you remind me of my dad. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> he is pretty funny. <laughs> Um, we also have, uh, let's see, Chuck's girlfriend is Joni, right? And she's, she's kind of, actually the, the females in this movie are kind of interchangeable. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like there are kind of three of, the, you know, what was it? Three of them, right? They're all kind of the same person. Yeah. Well, it's and- because like. Oh, the only thing that makes her stand out from the other female actresses is if somebody is having something put on their head or balanced on their head, it's it's her. It's that's that's how you know which actress it is. Yeah. is she's always got something balancing on her head. It was such a weird thing that I noticed too. I was like, "What is going on with this chick with the fucking head stuff?" <laughs> the slow motion. We have, uh- <laughs> Dude, okay. That's the only slow motion. they can afford. <laughs> this movie <laughs> is what? Uh, an hour and 20 minutes, right? Is that what this comes clocking in around ish? Yeah, yeah uh, I would say. In yeah. real time, but it's 20 this, minutes. Right. This is a 20 minute movie <laughs> with so much slow motion to fucking make it that long. It's so fucking ridiculous. How much, dude, there's, that's why I was like, what is, is like, is there a relationship between David and Ted that I don't know about? Because like he's filming his like sexy masculine brother running slow motion through a field like with this late dude. It's so weird at times. Yeah. 
that that is that is like the quintessential 80s effect though like an in-camera effect or you know i don't know how they fucking edited this movie but i feel like you see that a lot of times and you see that like dissolve type uh like uh what do they call that like a transition yep you see that a lot all this like shit i guess you see it more if you're watching like tempe video stuff or like todd sheets movies but i guess they used what they could because i'm trying to think in the beginning they have that weird color like that brownish color um filter uh over everything during the credits Mm -hmm. and besides that there's really no other there's like a, the a the there's movie. a red like a crossfade to a, a red at one shot but that's about it and the slow motion david was totally up front he was like look we never made a movie we had cameras that we you know were borrowing <laughs> we finished the movie and immediately realized we were nowhere near the running time so they intentionally <laughs> just slowed wow. down <laughs> and it's just like it, it reminds me of a uh, rock and roll nightmare how they like couldn't even get close to the running time so they just shot them like driving in a van for 10 minutes that's the same idea is david is like very upfront about that he's like we did not have a feature film and we needed one so we just slowed everything down (laughs) it's like i wonder what the actual like what i wonder how short they were i wonder like how many minutes minutes. yeah that's honestly what i was thinking no way 40 minutes yeah there's I, a dude, lot of slow motion in there's this. There's a lot of slow. Everything is slow motion, dude. <laughs> Have either of you guys ever seen Science Crazed? Mm, nope. I can't say that I have. No? Similar? A <laughs> lot of slow motion? <laughs> no, it, it's not slow motion. It's just like super long takes of the same shit over and over again. Oh. Like me looking at EK. Mm-hmm. And EK looking back at me. Oh god! And me uh, looking yeah. back at EK. Have you ever seen Heavy Metal <laughs> Massacre? That's one we yes, should do. That's that's that a lot of brutal. slow motion too. A lot of in camera effects with a lot of like freeze frames, and you can tell that movie was probably like 35, 40 minutes tops. And then with all the slow motion and, and freeze frames, it's a tough watch. It is. I love it, man. I love it. It's a tough watch. It's so <laughs> tough, but I love it. It's 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 all the kind of bad I like. This is great because any movie that starts off with a fucking blowjob murder, I'm like, dude, I'm fucking, I'm fucking in, right? Like, that gets me going. That's, that's a great way to get me interested in a movie is to watch some dude get it in the skull when you're, you know, that's fucking great. Was, was he credited as lover? I, I think receiver of blowjob should have been yeah, the, the I, think was, I think it was mother. I think it was mother and then lover mother, and then lover. killer. Or something oh, like man. that, and That's then everybody else. Too. You know, I got, it is a good kill. The you see, wound. like the back of his yeah. head fucking cave in. I, I do like the sledgehammer shit. I, I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good fucking murder weapon, unless it's a dead alive movie. That one is right. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Isn't don't they have that movie? That's like the fucking sledgehammer movie Bludgeoned. or something. Bludgeoned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bludgeon was a surprise actually it was like trying to be more of a serious film and I was like wait wait you're on the wrong label for this <laughs> yeah, get, get, get out of here not what yeah. I was expecting I'll tell yeah. you that much what do you guys think is the best kill in this movie mm. uh, I'm gonna say this: the first one of the buddy with the knife through the neck and he drags him off with holding both sides of the knife through his neck that's pretty Ooh, yeah that's nice that's pretty smart I do like that i like that one and then they have him hanging at the end he's mm-hmm. like he's got him like chained up from it 
Yeah. You don't see that very that, often. That's pretty fun. No. You know, I already, I already blew my load on that, dude. I told you what it was—the blowjob fucking <laughs> kill. It's just it's fucking awesome, dude. Start Come on. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to go with the uh, with the lover, dude. Getting fucking bludgeoned in the back of the head. Yeah. You see the skull cave in. I do like the one Ek was talking about. I I do like that one, but like I said, we don't see too many sledgehammer kills. I know in the world. That's what's disappointing here, dude. It's like I, I'm excited watching this because I'm like, oh, blowjob, ooh, fucking death. There's a spooky hauling out that's on the loose, down. you know? Yeah, I'm like, this is gonna be fucking sweet. And then I see like a Mexican Geraldo Rivera with these kids, and I'm like, this is even fucking cooler, right? Then he's naked with a chick. Everything is fucking cool in this movie but then there's no sledgehammer kills that are cool and i'm like what the fuck is going on yeah. well, well just he gets did. hit in the chest with it and then like it hits him and then like it cuts and then it goes back to him and it looks like they took like some fake blood and put it on the edge of the sledgehammer and just like boop, schmear, like, a, like a sponge yeah. paint yeah i was thinking the go. whole time like imagine this imagine the this film but the sledgehammer kills being done by like a, a van bieber or an olaf or something like that so you get these like super <laughs> brutal like smashed yeah. face close up teeth falling out as it's happening that would have pushed this like over the top and made it probably become more of a cult classic right away than it did you know because it didn't it just it, it went nowhere after this but that's had exactly those kills been that like amped up you know like a my sweet satan type of kill or something like it would have been really fucking yeah. cool I would have loved that. Another maybe five years. If it was like the later 80s, maybe be, yeah. uh, maybe it would have happened. But I feel like 83, still still pretty tame when it yeah. comes to that shit. It really had to ramp up a little bit. Because even Boarding House is not like fucking nuts. You know, yeah. unless it was from Italy. <laughs> I, mean, I, I still want to see an Italian shot on video movie. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I don't know of any. I'm okay with Boarding House being the way that it is because of like the story of the film and stuff like that it, it kind of like lends itself to a little bit of a milder film but a movie called fucking sledgehammer with like the cover dude like this should be this should be some fucking like dude there should be some more sledgehammering in this fucking movie like i don't uh, well well john john finds it in the beginning like the sword in the stone it's like just buried under shit in the basement did, or whatever cool. the fuck he was. Now, did that raise the killer or was it the, the seance that raised the killer? I think it was the seance. That's what I'm guessing anyway. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking too. I, I thought it was kind of weird how they just have him like randomly pick the sledgehammer out of like this pile of trash. <laughs> you know, like I thought that was going to be it, but you so, know, not the case. Do you guys think... Okay, my one of my thoughts was that like the house itself, right? Like that that like evil child killer spirit just inhabits the home, and like you know it's it's gonna just I don't I don't think anything awoke it. Yeah, the seance could have like you know brought it out or anything like that. I just think that's like kind of like a a reoccurring thing that's there. gonna happen. Yeah, it's like it's always like a Jason Voorhees type of thing. Like it's gonna live to kill. Because, like, you know, even at the end, spoiler alert, you fucking see the motherfucker in the window giving mm -hmm. the old stink eye to the people and shit. Like, so it's, it's I think that it's like a, an entity that will forever live on only purposes to fucking kill at this point. You know, I, I don't know if anything needs to happen for it to get that bloodlust. Uh, here's my question also. 
how did he become a uh, supernatural killer? He goes from a child to disappearing, and then he's all of a sudden like a mysterious uh, ghost killer. Is it supposed to be that like he died? That like he like starved to death because he was out there by himself or something? Is that what it was supposed to be? Or well, I, I, he kills. They were missing something. There. He's the killer in the beginning. That's what I'm assuming, yeah. right? Like he's no, the he one. Is. He is. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, he he loses his fucking mind. He's locked in a closet. He hears his mom doing the fucking gawk gawk five thousand on a fucking stranger, and like <laughs> that's gonna make anybody fucking go ape shit, dude. So like, I think that uh, you know uh, the supernatural thing. Maybe it's a supernatural closet. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> but there was a there was a pentagram yep. painted in yep. blood on the on the wall of the room there with the closet and shit. So maybe that room had something to do with it. She picked a bad room, you know, for the fun. I don't know. Oh, oh here's what True. I'm thinking: is maybe maybe as he grew older, he got into some sort of occult practice and like mm-hmm. became some sort of supernatural killer because that's. There is that whole section where there's like a, a room that's prepared for something like that. So that's why when Mike wanted to do the synopsis at the beginning, I was happy to let him do it. Because I don't... This is the biggest question for me is, like, how did he become a ghost? <laughs> that's to yeah. be determined. Because he's wearing he's wearing the same clothes as a child as he is as an adult. Yeah. So I, he didn't, he didn't he grow a, up. Is he a ghost? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. guys think he's a ghost. Yeah, he keeps appearing yeah. and disappearing. Mm. Remember, he like he appears behind her yeah, after I, like I, I, she yeah, runs down seeing... the stairs. I don't get ghost vibes from him. I definitely get like supernatural, like you know, killer. But I don't, I don't know. I see it's weird too because he becomes the little kid again. Yeah, and like he does look kind of ghostly as the little kid but maybe it's that stupid clear mask it's very confusing dude i really don't have a clear-cut answer well, on well, he can't well, be he a ghost transforms. though it's, it's 10 years later so how he wouldn't be the kid still unless he was a ghost uh, yeah that's true <laughs> these are the burning questions well, also he, well he's well he's a ghost <laughs> also because he transforms into a fucking adult uh in front of them yeah. So a massive adult with massive, very fabulous hair. Let me yeah. tell you, he's just throwing, <laughs> he's just throwing Ted Pryor against the fucking wall like he's a piece of shit. Was that dude wearing stilts? You think, shit, bro? No, was that? Man, a, I just, oh, I think he was yeah, just I think he's dude. just tall. Because I, I, I don't know. Like, at one point, he looked like he was walking kind of awkward, and I was like, "This motherfucker got platforms on." But I think he he looked like he was like six six. No shit. He looked like he was a, like a big motherfucker. We gotta find. We gotta find out how tall this motherfucker really was, or maybe Ted Pryor is only five six. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. No, because he was way famous bigger than tiny. <laughs> he was way bigger than the John guy. Like he was taller than him too. Yeah, John looked like, like a big boy. Yeah, he and he. Uh, I do like this killer. I do like the idea of him going between being a kid and an adult. Like, it makes it super fucking weird to me. Almost like he powers up into, like, the sledgehammer killer. You know? I, I think that's pretty cool. I like when he did the here's Johnny thing in the door with the fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> and he fucking puts his little clear fucking mask face in there and looks at well, That was cool. Well, like, I keep trying to compare this to, like, Friday the 13th and all that shit. And I keep thinking, like, no, this is 83. 
So like Jason just reappearing places, it's another couple years before he starts doing that in the movies. Same thing with Halloween. You know, like he doesn't just, but he didn't become a supernatural element yet in 1983. So these guys were actually a little bit ahead of their time when it comes to the, the slashers of the 80s. Yeah, I'd also say what's pretty cool about uh, this is what you touched on with the being able to go between a child and a large, you know, killer is that <laughs> he's got his own built-in lure. Like you can you can bring people into a space, lure them in to kill them if you're a child, you look innocent, and that's pretty cool because usually it's like the child is a ghost that's separate from the evil spirit that's going to kill the person in a movie. This is one in the same. So he's like got this built-in device that can like bring his victims to him without them having a clue what's going on. I think that's kind of clever. Okay. This ghost thing is really fucking bothering me. Like, <laughs> I'm really not so... Why the fuck was the John guy able to teleport into that bedroom at the one point like he's not a fucking ghost so why is he teleporting all of a sudden <laughs> yeah like the door just like he gets in and the door closes behind he just him is without, like i'm like, in the fucking passing. room like what the yeah. fuck uh, him know. fighting for the sledgehammer was was pretty epic though man he was like in there really giving it a go I will throw this but out just there. Ain't no Ted Pryor. It was it was written in two days and shot in seven. So <laughs> you don't say. Could, you that, know. <laughs> that could be the answer to all of your questions. Okay. okay. <laughs> Magical. Well, they ghost. also really they don't really explain how he gets stabbed in the back tip. Yeah. Because the dude is like down and out, and he's like leaving the room, and all of a sudden he's just got a fucking knife in his back. <laughs> It's this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I en I enjoyed watching it, but it's like this is a fucking bad movie. Like, this is this is really this isn't good on any level. But like, I'd watch it again for sure. Yeah. But like the fucking just like dude, the ending of like Ted Pryor and this dude fighting for so long in slow motion <laughs> is the most ridiculous shit. Like it looks so non-violent and just so like pushy past each other like oh man it they go through the door the dude. door just like comes like it wasn't even Caves screwed in. into the yeah, wall yeah dude <laughs> i was like wow i mean i, I like the way like he came out of nowhere to like you know after we thought he was gone just fucking save that chick whatever her fucking name is it doesn't matter but then like it's just, <laughs> it just like doesn't matter what it doesn't your name fucking is. matter what your name is it was slow motion <laughs> from that point on for the rest of the fucking movie <laughs> dude it was crazy as soon as he comes in it's just like slow motion and i'm like god damn it another <laughs> five minutes of slow motion and sure shit it was another five minutes of slow motion you know what's funny about this too is like how in the world is there so much slow motion and yet i i still kept watching like I, there's a scene where the door <laughs> handle turns and i swear i could have like taken a nap and woke up and the door handle was still turning it was still but it's because it's because there's this like awesome dark synth behind it like this really you know ominous yeah so it builds all the tension 
to a door handle taking like 10 minutes to turn and I'm like <laughs> I've, I've just gone into this like other realm I've like like bad magic I've floated off into the astral yeah. plane <laughs> like where did I just go I, where, what's happening one thing I gotta say about the soundtrack of this movie is that like the, the song that they play um, in the beginning over the credits and then the ending credits is is pretty fucking creepy more so in the ending credits because like you're seeing all these happy pictures of these people and oh, you just yeah. watch them get fucking murdered for the last hour yeah. and a half like very very good closing credits to this movie that's the, for damn sure the, the doorknob thing totally reminded me too the fucking home alone gag that the fucking <laughs> chick pulls on so okay dude if he's a fucking ghost how does he get electrocuted how does he get stabbed? Ghosts don't get electrocuted. These things don't exist in a ghost world. This is so Dude, fucking confusing hold, to me. How does he hold the sledgehammer? If it's a ghost sledgehammer, if it's then a ghost it sledgehammer, hurt like the you people. can die with tools. I've seen ghosts with you know tools and shit. I guess but I kind of like, got. I, got, I don't know. I got the, the impression that he like takes on a physical form when he fully materializes, so then he can be hurt oh, like a Freddy We're just Kruger. making up shit now. We're just. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris, this is like a. This is a. He a bleeds, bro. He bleeds. No, I'm <laughs> There's so many layers to this you don't even you understand just peel right it back, now, dude. Yeah. You peel this is going to be a college hey. course. <laughs> there is so one of the last things i really want to talk about with this movie is the the setup to them all getting killed where they're like partying so they're like all hanging out they're like eating dinner and they're drinking and shit all oh, the food fight. uh they they dare john to like swallow the sandwich in like one bite or something <laughs> Does does Ted Pryor at one point say he would swallow it faster if it had a vein? Did he say that? I'm sure. I swear to God, I think I heard him. I think I heard that. I think I heard that in the fucking audio. And I hope that's fucking true. Sounds like something Ted would say, dude. He's a wild guy. He's a wild dude. That was not scripted. He was just like, hey, fucking likes the vein. I bet it'd be faster. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know, because uh, there's something else that we have to get into here, and I feel like that's going to take a bit of our time up. Yep. Um, why don't you guys give me your final thoughts on Sledgehammer EK? You go first, please. Um, like Chris said, it's not a good movie. But that being said, <laughs> I have a real appreciation for people trying things for the first time. And I think the the boldness of two brothers that don't have a clue how to make a movie and pulling this Lynn off. Moss. Man, I like respect for that. And I, it is compared to other SOVs of the time. Like I went back this week and revisited some of the like very first ones. And this one's still for some, I don't, I don't know why it's rewatchable. I can't explain why, but <laughs> it know, is. And so I like it. I'm going to be biased because it's a prior film to begin with. But man, uh, I think it's cool. I think if, you, if you're a fan of SOV, why would you not watch the first one that was ever released straight to video? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a wild fucking ride. If you are under the influence of anything, it will make this a fucking million times better. Because like the slow motion just going to take you on a fucking ride you did not expect. Like you said, dude, there was some times where I'm like, am I out of body right now? Like, what the fuck is happening? So, but not bad magic, baby. Yeah, and like, so, I mean, like, there's some fun kills. 
the story is what it is, man. Like, it's not great. It's it's a traditional kids gonna party, kids are gonna die. You know, if you like that kind of thing, you like this. If you like shot on video stuff, this is totally worth watching. It, this is like you just said. There's some kind of like stupid rewatchability to this <laughs> that I don't understand. That it's like it's dumb attraction. I don't know, man. It's it's fucked. Yeah, I uh, I say this movie is absolutely amazing. Don't even listen to them about it being bad. 100% entertaining. The dialogue is great. The casting is great. Everything is great about this movie. Go spend $400 on an original VHS tape on it. And then send it to me. And then send it to fucking me. And then send it to me. It's actually free on Tubi, though. Uh, it's on Sh- yeah. Shudder, I believe, also. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. Amazon Prime, it's everywhere. Go fucking watch this shit. And now it's time we get to the wide world of metal, even though we probably will not be talking about metal. We had a very difficult task um, this week, and that's Uh. to decide on our favorite album of all time. EK kind of got late. He got, he got, uh, he, he didn't have as much time as, as us to think about this. So I'm really impressed if he actually comes up with one. Um, Grizz told me that he had a couple that he couldn't narrow it down. I so we were that's doing okay. a top five. Oh, that's shit. No, bro. We were just doing top one. No, we were just doing one, bro. There is no, th- no, I can't give you one. I, okay, I quit, well, you can read then, your dude. five. There's no way. So how, tell me your five. How do you know a one album for yourself, dude? I can, I can pinpoint my one album. I can pinpoint it. Come on. I 100% can. I swear to God. Damn. You want me to go first? You want me yeah. to just go first? You don't have to pick one. You don't have to pick one. Now I'll, give you, with the three. I'll give you three. I'll give you three. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you time. You can think about it now. I'll God go first. Damn. I could do three too then. I could probably come up with two more because this was hard as fuck to get just one. That was impossible. Oh, it was, it was, it was fucking absolutely easy for me. Uh, my number one album Metallica. of all time. No, no joke. Misfits Collection 2. That was the album that I got when I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And specifically this album, I listened to nonstop, like nonstop. Um, I learned guitar and bass because of this album. I learned like some of the first songs that I've ever learned how to play are off this album. Um, it got me into, you know, obviously it's a compilation CD. So it has a whole bunch of shit from all the different Misfits albums. Um, mostly like the Earth AD shit. Like that that stuff, when I first heard that, I was like, oh my God, like this is significantly different than everything I've ever heard when it comes to like punk and all that. And it fucking sent me in another direction. Um, I believe this album doesn't have it on here. Right? You're fucking I do have a baby. fucking mis- yeah, yeah, I do have a Misfits tattoo. Um, like my old bands, like back in high school, like when I was first playing in punk bands and shit, we always covered Misfits songs. Like there's tons of shit like We Bite. We used to fucking cover that. Um, what else? Halloween. Everybody's covered that. Um, uh, Blood Feast, another one like that. And there we go. This also got me into a lot of movies that now it's like, oh, of course I fucking love Herschel Gordon Lewis, Blood Feast, all sorts of stuff like that. There's all Vincent Price fucking shit like Return of the Fly. And uh, I don't know this. I could pinpoint my journey in music to this album being like a real turning point 
where like I it wasn't just like okay my cousin you know was in indecision so like he would send me his CDs and like I would listen to them but I was younger so like I really didn't understand it yet you know what I mean and I feel like this was my gateway into really understanding and being able to like listen to and appreciate heavier music and you and you laugh now but in let's say like maybe 1998 1999 when I got this as a kid like Dude, there was no YouTube. There was no fucking any sort of way for me to find half the shit that I was finding. I luckily, one of my buddies was like, oh, you ever hear of this band? Like, no. And he gave me a fucking CD, a burnt CD. I was like, holy shit. Like, then I got this, this album, bought the fucking box set, all sorts of stuff. And that was it, man. I was on my way. Used to fucking wear all, I still, well, not as much anymore, but we're all black for a good 20 years straight. (laughs) Uh, had a devil lock for a minute. I uh, realized that wasn't for me, so I stopped doing that. But uh, yeah, man, this is like uh, this is the album that I could say like really sent me in my musical and alternative quote unquote direction. You know, maybe just because I've never was exposed to it when I was younger, so I never cho- uh, chose to like look into it later on. I've never really listened to much Misfits, man. Like I'm a huge Danzig fan. I, not not his later stuff when he started singing fucking Elvis yeah, songs. Yeah, like Danzig one, Danzig two. Yeah, that shit's incredible, man. Mm-hmm. Like those are some of the best albums of all time, in my opinion. But I I've tried like since going back and listening to some of the Danzig Misfits stuff. And dude, I don't know. It's just maybe because it's too punky for me in comparison. So, what I would tell you to do is to listen to the Earth AD album. Yeah, that's like the last full length that they did, and it's like not as like uh, I'm gonna driven. say like yeah, it's not as like pop punky sounding. Right. It doesn't that's what have, I hear a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not as it's not like as simple like just three chord fucking Ramones type things and shit like that. It's it's more it's heavier actually. Kind like of if you direction that it, Danzig would go in later on, like after he left, like Misfits kind of a um, thing. Well, like he after he left the Misfits, then he did Sam Hain, mm-hmm. and Sam Hain is kind of like the real, um, like bridge between the Misfits yeah. and uh, Danzig, Danzig because like you have like Initium, and then you have like their last one, November Coming Fire, which sounds like a more refined Misfits type thing mixed with Danzig One, and then Danzig One comes out, and then he became more and more metal as it went on, but like. Uh, I think you would be able, you might like Earth AD, maybe not like it, but you would be able to listen to it it and not more. Yeah. 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 Cause like the really early stuff, like the cough, cool stuff and shit like EK, have you ever listened to that? No, I'm with Grizz the same way. Like I've, you know, if you were to look at my tape stack right now, it's all solo stuff, but misfits, like I just, not, not that I didn't like it when it was on, I was like, Oh, this is cool. But I didn't have access to it when I was a kid. So I didn't have any records or tapes. So it was hard for me to really grow up and learn it. And so after the fact, it was kind of like I had so much music to catch up on. Yeah, that, that feels that way. You know, yeah. it's not that I wouldn't. I'll probably go back and at some point dive in. But it just was one that wasn't in my personal collection. Therefore, I didn't have that that connection to it like a lot of a lot of my friends did. And I was like, well, f- why aren't you making me a mixtape or something? But for whatever <laughs> yeah, reason, they yeah. didn't. So you know, I'm kind of like, you, Riz, said that- you know. You said that I was going to like be like, oh, yeah, duh. You know, when you said you were your number one, but 
I, I wouldn't have guessed that, to be honest with you. I was thinking in my head it was going to be like a Slayer album or something mm. like that. No, no, this this was like a legitimate like stepping stone for me. Um, the early stuff, I don't, I think I'm remembering this correctly. All the early, early Misfits stuff was originally recorded, like the demos were all done by Danzig on like a Casio keyboard and a drum machine. Oh my God. <laughs> so like <laughs> there's hilarious. versions of those early songs where it's all just electronic. Jesus. It's fucking, it's really, it's a, I think those are on the, uh, like one of the CDs of the box set, I think had all that shit on it, like the demos, but yeah, this, this is it, man. There's a lot of really cool shit. Um, there's good stuff that you might like that's sprinkled in between, um, you know, some of the random songs from the albums you may like Grizz, but I would say Earth AD, like if you're into heavier stuff, like that would be the Misfits album that would probably fit you the most. All right. I mean, I like everything, but I think that is... <laughs> You know, and then there's out. like, yeah, then there's like Graves Era Misfits, which people shit on, but I, I like it. There's like some good stuff. I would say 50, 50% of it is like listenable. He's just a um, shit. They had a band. Personally. Yeah, he's just an asshole. But uh, <laughs> there was a band before that that uh, Jerry Only and Doyle had. I think it was called Christ the Conqueror. And I believe it was like a Christian metal band. <laughs> so hilarious. that shows uh, they weren't really living the gimmick, as they say in the business. Um, so who wants to go next? All right. So these are not in any fucking order. I'm going to give you the album and just one of the songs off of that album of why it is so fucking awesome. Man, this is so fucking tough. Um, okay. We'll start with Ween's Quebec. Yeah. This fucking album is incredible. I mean, every Ween album is is a fucking home run. It, I can listen to every single one of them front to back, including the fucking pod sessions. I, I love that shit, dude. Um, but Quebec just has so many good songs. Chocolate Town, like Transdermal Celebration. I don't know if you guys are Ween fans at all, man, but incredible fucking music. That's right. Yeah, PA, right, dude. That's right. They're no, fucking, no. They were, from, they were from New York. They're from, they were from, uh, they're from New Hope, Pennsylvania. Ween? The, dude, the main dude was isn't oh i'm thinking of weedus maybe yeah 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 that and they always <laughs> yeah, and yeah, do yeah. it's fucked up because like back in the day on limewire they'd get fucking yeah. like <laughs> labeled the same fucking shit totally different weens from new hope pa so now they're local to you bro now that's you, <laughs> you were right the first time yeah 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 should have kept my fucking mouth shut i can't say that i can uh, name a single ween song I, I I probably could have imagined that, but I I can imagine EK probably yeah. dived in some ween. Oh, for sure, yeah, you know? definitely had quite a few albums. I mean, they were just if you if you were like a skater in the '90s, like me, you listened to ween. Yeah, they were just in rotation. 100%. You know, would that be something where if I listened to some of the songs, I'd be like, oh, I've heard this before. Uh, would it be one of those types? No, no probably no, not. Like if yeah. I wasn't actively yeah. looking <laughs> you're for them, to, I wouldn't you're have heard If you to them. college radio in the '90s, maybe, but I don't. Yeah. as a child, I don't think so. You might, you might <laughs> recognize, um, like Voodoo Lady from like movies and shit like that. I know it was in the movie Road Trip and stuff. So you might, you know, but classic. You're not hearing fucking. You're not recognizing that shit. I'm gonna check uh, it out. You know, it's dude, what's cool about Ween, man, is that like if you listen to one song, you're like, oh, this isn't for me. But you listen to the next fucking song on that album, you're like, this is a completely different band. What the yeah. fuck is this? Oh, cool. So, I like that. It, and dude, they, they got a country album, which is just yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Dude, Japanese Cowboy. Yeah. Look at listen to that fucking song. Wow. Fucking awesome. So moving <laughs> on. Man, this is so fucking hard in there. I wish I was. Um <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say this album is the most influential on me is my guitar playing. 
my my love of heavy music and that is pig destroyer uh pig destroyers prowler in the yard yeah. i f- i fucking found this album when i was super young used in a fucking sound garden ucd store in <laughs> western new york and dude it changed my entire fucking outlook on what heavy metal was this album if you're not familiar with it it's like 20 something tracks they all flow seamlessly one through another it's just one continuous like audio assault and scott hall who is one of my all-time favorite guitar players now seven string dude amazing anal cunt just dude he's done so many fucking awesome fucking projects agoraphobic nosebleed the dude is the fucking man and his guitar playing on this is is just incredible so wait he's in all he played it in all his bands absolutely dude scott hall he's like the jim he's like the fucking jim murphy of fucking that's right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i would definitely recommend uh you know pick destroyer to this day fucking crushes jr's vocals are are one of a kind definitely check that band out oh man the third do i go heavy do i go with the other direction god damn it Uh, okay you know what we're gonna go with the 1990s album the one and only nick cave with the good son mm. this album is absolutely fucking incredible um the weeping song is probably my favorite nick cave song of all time uh close runner-up would be the ship song which is also on here so i mean this this is really to me where nick cave started finding who he really was as like an artist moving forward you know he had his punk thing in the 80s and stuff like that and like I'm not a, a bigger fan of that music, but man, when he hits this lounge era, I am fucking all in on this dude. It is fucking awesome. I know, I know, EK, you're a fucking K fan, also. Yeah, massive, massive. The Boatman's Call, like it's just, it's uh, kind of like the, it's probably the quintessential. If you're not into Birthday Party Cave, which is heroin addicted post punk, which I definitely am, but I'm a fan of every single iteration of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. But that you're pinpointing the perfect moment if you've never listened to nick cave like that's your entry point and then you can either go soft or you can go hard but that's like yeah. that's the sweet spot right there so want to hear something fucked up hmm. couldn't name a nick cave song i know you couldn't Shit. so <laughs> uh, but really, uh, just not gonna get into the albums himself but dude honorable mentions fucking cock and ball torture Sodom machismo <laughs> that fucking album god damn it and then of course king diamonds them one of the best fucking albums go. of all time. So when when uh, I was first talking to EK about this, I'm like, yeah, he's probably gonna pick like a Molly Hatchet album or something. <laughs> <laughs> ZZ Top, man. Where's your ZZ Top? Yeah, I missed oh, it. Yeah, ah, my, my Lizzie Top's Borden's not on here. Yeah. Son of a bitch. That's, yeah, that's who it is, Lizzie Borden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna go and actually listen to these now because I feel like if I listen to these albums, I can understand Grizz a little bit better. I'm you know a what I mean? Person, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know I I know a lot of people listen to Nick Cave, and I I'm just it, it's one of those things where like I just never thought of listening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it wasn't something that I like. None of my friends listened to him or anything like that. So I never just thought of like, oh, let me like like I always thought. I didn't know that like he was in anything heavier. Oh, like yeah. I always thought it was more of a no, really heavy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know they, he was a he was like the the wild child of Australia there. Like he, oh yeah, just really fried out on heroin, thrashing around the stage, picking fights. Like he was like 
he was the guy in, in the eighties. He was dude, wild for as sure. fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And is there much- like videos on YouTube and shit? Can oh, you yeah. like look at oh, that? Oh yeah. There's some cool stuff out there. And like as big of a fan as I am of Nick Cave, I'm as just as big of a fan as Warren Ellis. Uh, yeah, one of the absolutely. instrumental person in his band. He's the reason why I think some of the Nick Cave music and the Bad Seeds are as good as it is, is because his composing is fucking second to none, dude. He is incredible. His violin work is, dude, stupid. Yeah, all of them. You know, Blitza, Damn. McCarvey, they all came over from the birthday party. But when Warren came in this picture, it got a, a more cinematic quality, which makes sense because they went on to compose movies together and stuff. But it's. Man, it's quite a journey. Really? You know, Nick Cave's a band that you can't jump in. Like, okay, say nobody's listened to Judas Priest. I could name an album and you could go back or forward and still kind of essentially hear Judas Priest. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Nick Cave is is in eras. It's like you have to you have to know what you're getting into album by album. It doesn't it's not just one sound throughout his whole career. So it's hard for people to get into it. And then think that that's what he sounds like and then go buy, buy another album and be like, what? But, but- because of that, though, it's also, I think, an, an, an easy person, an easy artist for someone to find something that they like, yeah. no matter who you are. Yep. There is something in a Nick Cave catalog that you'd be like, I can gravitate towards this sound yep. more so than the other stuff. Because there's, like I said, there's some stuff that I just don't like, but I'm a big Nick Cave fan. I just don't like listen to those albums, you know? Yep. So it's a lot, dude. It's strange. Okay. It's just like Ween, dude. It's all the fuck over the place, dude. Time for me to go back and listen to all this shit. <laughs> all right, EK, dude, I'm dying to know. Lay it on us, man. Okay, well, um, it, we're, we're going on, so I don't want to take up too much time for your listeners because I know you guys are around an hour, but I do like the idea of maybe giving a top three instead of just a top one because it was, yeah, you have to. It was hard to. as fuck for me, especially as you guys know. Like I listen to all sorts of genres too, so it's hard to, to narrow it down, but I'd, I'd group it into three, three major ones. Uh, first off, like from a little kid all the way up to my teen years, exclusively listen to heavy metal. Like that's all I listen to. It's what my sister listened to. Her her husband gave me all of his albums, all of his shirts, wall to wall posters. Like I was like that dude. And so growing up, <laughs> everything you know, I loved all of it. You know, Wasp and everything. But the album, as cliche as it is, the album that struck me, my brother in law handed it to me at six years old was Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast. And I listened to that thing <laughs> religiously. Like, I, Number of the Beast blew my mind. And uh, everything after it, Power Slave, all that stuff was cool. But there is a reason why if you like death metal, you like black metal, you look at old photos, those dudes have Iron Maiden shirts on, is because these guys, they, they just blazed a path that a lot of these other guys would go and pick up on I mean, even Merciful Fate, you can hear some of that galloping sound in some of those early albums. Like, they were so influential. And so I think they're one of the rare cases where a band got so monumentally huge, but actually deserves it because they're fucking awesome. And that album is is just incredible from beginning to end. You know, they were a band that I, I shit on a lot. And I think it's more so because of the fans of, yep. of the band yep. and less the band, you know? Um, but Is that Rob Zombie syndrome? Is that yeah, that is? That's, that's 100% probably the case. But I had to completely change my, my entire perspective of them once I saw them live. And I'm talking like later yeah. in life, I've seen these guys play. It wasn't like in their prime. And even then, I was like, this is this is like a different level. Like these guys are really like a talent and they're so tight 
the the stage performance that they put on that douchebag singing fucking <laughs> doing his thing man like no I'm like I'm not a fan of them personally but they can really fucking put on a show yeah. a really good heavy metal show I had yeah. to give them credit what's that motherfucker's what's that motherfucker's name Steve Harris right the bass yeah. player yeah bass yeah. player he's he can't the- smell the weed he's got the problem with the weed smells <laughs> it's like dude you're in a you're in a metal band from the 80s yeah. and you have a problem with weed smell yeah it's like oh, dude oh my god this is this is <laughs> like, this is why I, this is why we listen to merciful fate yeah. all, right. all right well anyway that's so that would be like my childhood if i was to have to pick one definitive album It'd probably be that. Or a little EK. Be a little EK rocking out. Um, out. But then (laughs) I would say another like really monumental album that changed, like it gave me part of what I do as a career was when I first heard the soundtrack to Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me by Angelo Badalamente, (laughs) who is, (laughs) he's my all time favorite composer. And when I first heard that, album i was like i want to make music for movies like this is what i want to do and i credit him i can pinpoint that moment when i just heard some of those themes and some of those experimental sounds and that weird because it's all dark as fuck and it's like it it wasn't your typical hollywood score it was evil sounding you know and i was like okay this is what's speaking to me right now and it set me on a course to like want to become a film composer so how could i not kind of credit that album as being pretty influential doing what you do i would have been disappointed if you didn't have something like this (laughs) on the list you know being a film composer yourself and like killing it recently mind you the fucking stuff you've been doing is fucking awesome man so it's like you you definitely needed to have some kind of like goblin or something (laughs) like this had better been on your fucking list (laughs) yeah so that's that's kind of it. So I just you, wish that if I. If you guys aren't, if you're not familiar with the music of Angelo Battlemente, he did Blue Velvet. He did all kinds of cool shit. Uh, I strongly recommend it. He did Friday, uh, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Like, uh, he's an incredible composer, and it's not huh. your normal stuff. It's dark, it's, it's moody, and it's just incredible. So, you know, go out and, and become familiar with his stuff. If you're into, into soundtracks and film scores, you know, that's a great place to start. Where. Where does it rate against Tangerine Dream, the Keep soundtrack? Well, I mean, I'm going to be biased because because <laughs> Angelo is like it and Goblin after that. But Tangerine Dream, who I just found a new cassette today. I showed you guys in the chat, like fucking <laughs> thrifting. I found a Tangerine Dream cassette and I was like, hell yeah. Um, very high up there. All those guys, man. The 80s put out some really incredible composers. You know, it was a, a heyday for really innovative composing. That... You know, it's so funny that you said that, like, how that, like, inspired you to, like, go into that. I wish I had a moment like that where it was like, I saw that, like, I wish when I saw Phantasm, I was like, wow, I want to make a movie. Yeah. It's like, nope. It's like, nope. I saw that and I went, mm, I'm going to be a funeral director. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? I did a presentation <laughs> in my class, in, uh, in my English class, on the the soundtrack to Blue Velvet where I stood in front of my class and I played clips from it and talked about the way in which he composed and wrote the music and everybody was like the fuck you talking about right now (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be a fly on the wall for that they knew he was special he's like oh man I could could see like an 8 year old DK sitting there being like oh this is is what I want to do if you notice here 
It's like a. All right. Well, I guess Lord. I guess being the Shogun's decapitator wasn't an option yeah, for me. Yeah. So I guess I had to settle with uh, funeral director. All right. Let me let me give you guys my top though. My the, the actual number one will come as zero surprise to to you guys because you know me. But that's gonna have to be, and I had to narrow it down, and this was hard. But you know, my favorite band of all time is The Cure, and within there, I'm gonna have to go <laughs> yep. with the 1982 classic Pornography because it was the darkest creepiest like most brutal went like place they went to like this band was on the verge of self-implosion robert smith was suicidal they're like the lyrics are dark as fuck about death and everything they're all alcoholics they're all doing cocaine and lsd and they're about (laughs) to implode and what they produced was the quintessential goth album like if you want to know what the actual sound of goth in the 80s is Go listen to Pornography by The Cure because they it doesn't get any more bleak and dark than this. And it's it's a beautiful album. It's coming off of two albums prior to that, 17 Seconds in Faith. So they did these three in a row that just were really, really dark and minimal. And then they fell apart and they had to kind of basically regroup. And then what came later is a different conversation. But if you want to know why The Cure is credited with being a goth band, listen to pornography because it's it's fucking amazing album i, hit I a, feel like that one wasn't a surprise yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah no definitely not i i had like a social studies teacher who was like a total normie who like i thought anyways who like would always talk about the cure i didn't know like anything about the band <laughs> in high school and then like later on like listening to some of that shit i was like yo that chick was fucking weird <laughs> like <laughs> she was definitely not as normal as i thought <laughs> Yeah, but man, so this uh, this whole thing has just been so tough. I'm sitting here and I'm like so mad at myself. I'm like, how did you not mention fucking Mike Patton and Faith No More? <laughs> yeah. There's like so many other fucking amazing things that I could talk. Dude, music is such an amazing thing to even try to put it in. Like, I I I couldn't even like narrow it down. Like, you have like a number one still with the Cure. I cannot definitively say like. If, if with a gun to my head i'd be like I, I don't know what my favorite is i have to have a little bit of everything yep. man it's it's so tough it's a good problem to have i love it yeah there we go there we go with that guys i think that just about wraps it up for this week uh ek thank you for coming <laughs> why don't you tell us uh where they could find you on the instagram and or internet and also plug your band Oh, okay. Uh, so, well, speaking of the Cure, I so I have my own solo project. That's well, the first album is is pretty post punk and dark wave. And if you want to check that out, it's at underscore Blood Relations. But if you want to check out the podcast, is it's well, I mean, I don't even know why I'm telling your listeners, but it's called Laser Graves. <laughs> you guys ever heard of it? Who uh, said? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> you check it out at Laser Graves, and then if you just want to follow all my bullshit tapes and and vinyl that's at uh arg the awful on instagram and that's what i'm doing i wish i didn't have to manage so many accounts but this is where i am (laughs) (laughs) heavy is the head that wears the crown my man uh mr grizz where can they find you on the instagram you can find me at Kane underscore enabler. And I'm going to tell people to fucking go listen to Methadone Abortion Clinic. Hell yeah. He's fucking talking <laughs> about the shit he does. What the fuck? There you go. There you go. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video. And you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Please subscribe to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash badtastevideo. Uh, we'll be doing a live show pretty soon. I have no bands to plug because fuck y'all. <laughs> and uh, we did not decide on the movie next week. So I'm just going to blur 
insert a movie out and we have to do it. Three, two, Fuck. one, ghoulies. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> we will yeah. see you next week with ghoulies.